1: To allow you to live your best life. Remember, you can listen to full length episodes of the Doctor's Kitchen podcast wherever you listen to pods. And my latest cookbook is 321 three portions of fruit and vegetables per person, two servings per recipe, and all using one pan. Curries, stews, tray bakes, you name it, it's in the cookbook. I wanted to get your opinion on uh, reference ranges uh, for micronutrients. As your supplement person, someone who's done a lot of research in this as well and and personal study, um, how how are they created and why might that not be the most uh, useful tool when it comes to the person sitting in front of you in clinic or the individual? Oh
0: man, that's an incredibly important question. It gets even ties into the food labels when they see this. I mean, first of all, it's incredibly variable. You know, our nutrient needs, yours and mine are going to likely be different. And you get people at different, uh, stages of life, people with different health status, people, different activity levels, all these things impact even the size of a person and impacts that. So, you know, when you look at the reference ranges in particular, those are largely based on means and medians out of populations that aren't necessarily, it's not for optimal health. You know, there's a lot of times people who tend to be kind of sick, actually who, who produce these. And our, uh, you know, the the RDAs are based on preventing nutrient deficiency diseases. So I don't know about you, but my goal was to more than just not have scurvy. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to thrive. And I think a lot of these are we don't really know what a lot of these optimal thresholds are. So when we look at at the reference values, I mean, vitamin D is one where there's a, quite a bit of research has gone into. But when we look at those levels, those aren't necessarily what we want to get to to prevent chronic disease, uh, to thrive and, and, and reach optimal health. And then you get the, the complicated factor, too, of what's in the blood. So let's say we get a blood draw. We look at, at uh, plasma or serum B12, for example. Well, it, there's so much more to it than that. you got to look at, at the metabolites, really. So things like methylmonic acid, homocysteine, or magnesium by the time your magnesium gets low in the serum, you've got some problems. So we'll look at things like mm. red blood cell magnesium sometimes It's sort of the integrative and functional medicine approach. But uh, I think there can be a false sense of security where someone goes and says, I look, my B12 levels were normal. They're in the normal range, but they're low in energy. They're maybe not getting very much B12 in the diet. You know, things aren't, things are suggestive of B12 deficiency or whatever else it might be. So that's a, a really fascinating area where we need we need more research. We're getting there a little bit of vitamin D, but we need more research with other things.
1: Yeah, I think the public health bodies are sort of in a rock and a hard place when it comes to reference ranges because I think to your point, you know, they're trying to prevent deficiency, but I think on a personal level, and I think certainly my patients would all agree that they don't just want to be out of the woods when it comes to disease, they actually want to be thriving as energy uh, as energetic as possible and and you know to, to to really thrive in optimal health um and this brings us nicely to the topic of sulforaphane. so th- this is something uh i've known about for a number of years now it came on my radar probably about four or five years ago when i came across some studies looking at the environmental pollutants um and the just the impact on the inflammation pathways uh, through broccoli um, and broccoli sprouts and everything. What? When did you first come across the impact of sulforaphane? And, and perhaps we could define exactly what we mean by sulforaphane as sure, well.
0: Sure, yeah. Well, you know, it, it's funny because uh, when it comes to nutrition, you hate to play favorites with your favorite nutrient, but if there was one favorite micronutrient for me, it'd probably would be sulforaphane. It's just incredibly powerful. And, um, you know, I've done a lot of work with vitamin E, D, carotenoids, and so on, uh, other you know, flavonoids. But, but sulforaphane, I think, has a, a unique evidence base behind it. So what it is, it's, it's uh, an isothiocyanate, which um, uh, we'll talk about some of the science behind it, but these are uh, potent um, uh, activators of the NRF2 pathway, which we can, we can talk about and inhibitors of NF Kappa B. So uh, we'll get more into the science of that, but in, in essence, it, it uh, turns on a bunch of anti-inflammatory and antioxidant genes and uh, turns off, you know, many of the inflammatory pathways. But where it it, it comes from, uh, the raw materials for it are called glucosinolates. And this is in cruciferous vegetables in in varying amounts. So things like broccoli or broccoli sprouts actually have have quite a bit more than the the mature broccoli. Uh, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, uh, moringa, which is one of my my favorites, uh, you know, these these hot superfoods, which is really interesting. Um, So you get the glucosinolate in that. But then you need uh, morosinase, which also tends to be in these uh, cruciferous vegetables, again, in varying amounts. And it converts the glucosinolate, whichever whichever it might be, glucoraphanin and broccoli, glucomoringin and and moringa, uh, into the isothiocyanate, probably the best study of which is is sulforaphane. And we can talk about a lot of the the nitty gritty details, but how I got into it actually is, so we're in Baltimore and a lot of the seminal work uh, was done uh, with our, our friends across town at, at uh, Johns Hopkins University uh, Paul Talley uh, Jed Fahey, uh, Tom Kensler now from Hopkins, Brian Kornblatt at, at Nutrimax Laboratories who trained at Hopkins. you know they did a lot of this really seminal work and you know I'm a health and nutrition enthusiast myself, so I started working it into my own my own life uh, uh, before I started studying it so that's the sort of short history. <laughs>
1: I'm Dr. Rupi, have a beautiful day.